the author hangout episode number 120 and in my branding book we call that a unique selling proposition and it applies to everything you do you as an author and you and the books you produce every individual book has its own unique selling proposition and brand identity Welcome to the Author Hangout, where we interview best-selling authors and experts in the book publishing industry to reveal the tips and advice you need to succeed as an author in today's publishing landscape. Enjoy the show. Hi, I'm Sean Manaher. Welcome to another episode of the Author Hangout, where authors like you learn how to sell more books through the lessons, experiences, and wisdom from their fellow authors. At 18, he left the comforts of California to explore the world and find himself. After traveling to over 45 countries, he's now finding meaning by offering straightforward solutions to the toughest questions we all face. What defines you? Why do you do the things you do? What do you actually care about? He built his success starting with no list and no audience, but changed all that to become a two-time Amazon best-selling author of Brand Identity Breakthrough and Travel as Transformation. Please join me in welcoming traveler, entrepreneur, and author, Gregory Deal. Gregory, thanks for joining me on The Author Hangout. Hello, Sean. Very good to be here. Thank you, and uh, really been looking forward to this. We had connected on Facebook just hearing about a story about your uh, book launch. In just a second here, we're going to dive into what that looked like. But can you give us an idea? Give us the backstory. How did you ultimately become an author? Well, it's kind of a sad little state of affairs that happened. Um, I've been an entrepreneur. Uh, first, I was a teacher for a while. Then I got into sales coaching and consulting. And I was approached by someone who ran a um, an independent publishing company, uh, who convinced me that I should have a book explaining my personal view of sales and consulting and branding, and that she was the person who could help me write and publish and market this book to bestseller status on Amazon. And I knew nothing about any of this at the time, but I okay. understood the logic of what she was saying. I mean, after all, it was it's a branding process, right? Like if you've got a, a best-selling book on Amazon, it means you're somewhat of an authority on your subject, right? Okay. So that was the appeal for me, and that's what she explained to me. It was never about writing the world's best branding and sales book. It was just about getting my name and my face out there on something that was legitimate and authoritative. And uh, she really did a good job of selling the concept to me, so much so that I paid her $5,000 up front to help make this happen. And nine months later, she had accomplished almost none of what she told me I was paying for, and I realized oh. I had been scammed which I've since learned is surprisingly common in the independent publishing mm. world. Uh, a lot of people get, get ripped off, and uh, it was pretty embarrassing. I mean, it sucked losing the money, certainly, uh, but yeah. more so it was just the, the emotional effect of betrayal because she was someone I really trusted yeah. and who came, came across so helpful and so knowledgeable to just realize I'd been conned like that. Uh, pretty, pretty disappointing, disheartening. And so at that point, I sort of had to make the choice, well, uh, the logic she was operating from was perfectly sound. Everything she just said about why someone like me should have a book still applied, right? It was just unfortunate that she was the portal I was working through, and she was a very yeah. unreliable one. And so I had to make the choice at that point. I can just walk away from this and act like the whole thing never happened, or I can choose to pursue it on my own. And so from that point, I had to learn how to do all the things that she had promised she was going to do for me and that she knew how to do. 
And I had to do it without spending a lot more money since I'd already lost $5,000 on the process. <laughs> so, you know, there are people you can pay to do these things, either one sure. person doing the whole thing as a package or individually each component. Even then, you kind of have to know what you're doing. And I had to, you know, minimize my costs because I didn't want to lose any more money. So there were still certain things I couldn't do on my own. Like I'm not a graphic designer. Um, but most of it, I had to just learn how to do on my own or with the help of friends, like uh, recruiting a group of beta readers, which I'll get into certainly, which helped a lot with the editing process and, and helping bring the whole book together when I had a rough draft. But at the end of the day, it was just many, many hours of research and experimentation. Luckily, I do come from a business and sales background, so I understand certain concepts probably better than mm -hmm. someone who has no experience with that, like, like pricing and promotion. Uh, but I'd never done it with a book. Uh, I'd never used Amazon before, and I, I don't even buy a lot of books, you know, so I'm not even part of the target market. Uh, sure. So I really had to learn how to think in a different way and learn how the Amazon system works. But at the end of the day, that first book, Brand Identity Breakthrough, was eventually published, probably about four or five months after I started working on it. It became a bestseller in public relations while it was still on pre-order and has been a pretty consistent bestseller in at least a couple different categories since then, usually ranking around number 10,000 on Amazon now. And then five months later, I repeated the whole process with another book, which was based on my more personal experiences of having traveled around to 45 countries in the last 10 years. And that one has been even more successful because I actually know what I'm doing this time. So I got mm. to use the techniques that I, applied, I learned the first time to this new book. And that one is currently sitting at about number 3,000 on Amazon. Gregory, in a second here, I want to unpack this process or this launch, like one of these launches, at least this last one, to understand what worked, what was going well at a high level, and then we'll go into some detail. But I do want to back up into the story that you led with, that losing $5,000 by being scammed from somebody in the indie publishing realm. When did you know things weren't going well? Well, I can be too naive because I'm a very trustworthy person, and a lot mm -hmm. of the business deals I've done where people have given me large amounts of money have been handshake deals. Right? When I tell someone, mm. this is what I'm going to do for you down to the letter, I deliver that down to the letter and then some. And I forgot that not everyone operates that way. So unfortunately, I apply the same standard that I apply to myself and that I usually uphold to someone else who appeared to be as professional as I was and as helpful and communicative and honest as I hold myself to be, and that was not the case. I don't believe that she intended to scam me when we started. I just think she very quickly got overwhelmed, realized she didn't know what she was doing, um, or ran into financial trouble. And I, don't, I mean, I can't explain it except that you know, sure. a, a true professional doesn't operate the way that she did. A true professional wouldn't sure. risk their reputation for $5,000 like that, especially because we, we met through an online entrepreneur community called the Dynamite Circle. We had so many shared connections. Like she really screwed herself over in the long run by doing sure. this. And everyone found out that she's a con artist, right? Um, and how does this play into you working with other vendors? Not to say that this, this tainted or anything, but are you now a bit more seasoned to working with others? And, and uh, do you have certain timelines and schedules that you're using to help them move things along? How does that change things from an operational standpoint? Well, I hold people to a very high standard now. And I'm constantly checking to see if they can live up to that standard. Usually I start mm -hmm. with smaller amounts like 
I won't pay someone more than $500 until I've worked with them at least once and seen that they can actually do what they say they're going to do. I'm intentionally antagonistic to people. I can be very confrontational with my personality because I want to filter out the weak ones, right? If anybody Mm -hmm. would try to approach me just to try to con me because they think I'm an easy mark, they're going to learn very quickly that that's not going to work with me, Mm. that I'm going to make it very difficult for them. And so only only the strong survive the process. I think that works much better for me. Mm, and now, fantastic. you know, I, I've taken it more responsibility over my own projects, not just handing over complete control to one provider, but rather keeping my hands on the steering wheel, no matter who, what, what I hire other people for. And Gregory, talking about keeping the hands on the steering wheel, why don't you talk to us a bit about this most recent launch? Tell us the breakdown of, at a high level, how did you and how are you keeping travel as transformation? How did you launch that and how are you keeping that at such a a good ranking in Amazon? So this one was definitely easier because I could at least already call myself a successful author at this point, yeah. even though the the two books are in very different categories, right? Someone who cares about small business branding probably doesn't necessarily care anything about uh, solo travel to 45 countries, right? And, right? and even that book is not written like a traditional travel book. It's written with a much more emotional, psychological focus to it. So only a very specific, deep thinking kind of explorer is going to be interested even in this book at all. But in some ways, it was actually easier to promote because my credentials weren't questioned at all. With the business book, uh, you're going to get all kinds of questions about, well, why should I listen to what you have to say about sales and marketing? What, what have you done? You're just you're only 28 years old. Like what, you know, what companies have you ran? And so, you know, there's a lot more, a much more of a, a a devil's advocate kind of test you have to, that I had to pass through. I found that people mm-hmm. were much more skeptical to listen to or believe that my book was worth reading. Whereas with the travel one, uh, it's all based on my own very unique personal experiences in written in a way that no one else could possibly have written it. So it almost falls more into the realm of like a fiction book at this point because uh, it's it's not something that could have been commoditized that anyone else could have written in a general gotcha. sense. It was very specific yeah. to my story. So Excellent. that probably made it a little bit easier too. Because it, it was really the message of the book was come learn about me, you know, and that I was the product in this one. But with both books, I did immediately realize what I needed was uh, to get as many people reading it as quickly as possible. Obviously, you want to get as many reviews on there as you possibly can. So I took an initial group I had recruited from forums and Facebook groups and my already existing connections of friends, people I've worked with before. Uh, those people who became the beta readers, the people who read the early drafts of the book, gave me critical feedback on when the things were presented in the wrong order, or they weren't stated clearly enough, and then I, they became my early reviewers, of course, and they became my early promoters, because uh, the way I tend to write, at least, either you don't get it at all, or you really, really like it. So the people who mm-hmm. really, really liked either of my books were very eager to share that with other people. And so that that became enough of initial thrust to get it up there in the Amazon rankings. And at that point, it was mostly about playing around with the pricing, keeping things as cheap as possible, at least to begin with, two ninety nine for at least the first month, even though uh, the first book was fairly long. It was about 65,000 words, which certainly justifies a higher price than two ninety nine. But I intentionally kept it as low as I could at first because I didn't even care about the revenue at first. I just wanted enough people to read the book and get it sustainably successful. So that combined with doing a lot of podcast interviews, a lot of guest blog posts, 
and even experimenting with things like Amazon pay-per-click so that I could keep some sustained traffic coming in was enough to get people continually buying it, reviewing it, telling other people about it. And was this over the course of several months of a launch, or what did that actual launch look like? As far as I understand, you built up this initial beta reader group. They turned into your reviewers. Then they turned into your promoters. What did that piece look like from a time standpoint? Well, for both books, I did the Amazon pre-order process. So I would have the the book up there listed saying you know it'll be released on May 1st or November 1st mm-hmm. and people could pay 99 cents or 2.99 to pre-order but also it gave me the advantage of having the link to the Amazon page already ready that I could start sending out to people and they could start sharing around and I could start creating those links back to the Amazon page even if the book wasn't available yet those links would still be there long after the book was actually released it gave me plenty of lead up time to get traffic flowing in there because i realized i just needed enough of a snowball effect where people would continue to come to it and it would be much harder to do that see i think what what most people who have big audiences do is they prep their audience for launch they they say okay in 10 days launch is going to come buy buy the book as quickly as you can as soon as it launches And they can do that because they already have a primed audience that they know will come and boost it up in the sales rank on launch day. Because I didn't have that, I had to sort of congregate my following before the book was even released and continually send traffic to a book that didn't even exist yet so that when it launched, it would already have that snowball effect going. And then we combine that with the fact that I was able to actually get the paperback and the audio versions done while the Kindle was still on pre-order. So I have people coming and pre-ordering the Kindle, and if they like it, also buying a paperback copy or the audio copy. So at that point, I'm actually getting real sales going while I'm still prepping up the major Kindle launch that's happening. I think all of that created enough of an effect that it was almost like the book had already been launched by the time the official launch Mm. day had come around because enough people had read it and bought it and left reviews. How many people ultimately did you have in each of these groups, that initial beta readers, reviewers, promoters? Uh, 100 to 200, I think. And, you know, not all of them were very active. Only a few of them actually gave me really in-depth feedback throughout the book, but certainly their attention helped with sales and promotion and just everybody contributed a little bit, you know, and that helped quite a bit. And what did that initial email or note or text or what did that initial outreach look like to that first beta group to kind of get the snowball going? Because you mentioned that you were in forums, Facebook groups, friends and colleagues and other people are part of this beta group. What did that what did that outreach look like? Well, I believe in being as honest and direct as possible with people. I think in a situation like this, uh, it's not about being self-promotional or salesy or saying, this is the most amazing book you're ever going to read. <laughs> I think, you know, be- yeah. because what really what's in it for them? Like, they, OK, they get to read your book for free. But so what? What are you doing? You're saving them a few dollars of, of the price they'd have to pay to buy it on their own. Uh, really, what's in it for them is the sense of satisfaction they're getting from helping you. And also, potentially, they're learning a little bit about the book writing and editing and marketing process. And so that's what I offered to people. I said, look, you know, I I want to make this book successful and I can't do that without your assistance, without help from other people to to fill in the, the blind spots I'm missing or to give me feedback on what I have here. So, uh, you know, I, I tried to really stoke that kind of appeal to it that, you know, this is actually super helpful to me. You know, your mm. your contribution will actually be making a huge impact on the outcome of this book. 
I'll gladly credit you in it, of course. And also I'll, I'll get to show you. You'll get a, a backdoor look at how a book is actually put together. And if it's successful, you'll learn some of the things I did to make it successful. Mm-hmm. Now, both books have been very successful, so I predict in the future I'll probably be able to get an even stronger response for that because anybody else who has aspirations to write a book, this is probably one of the best ways to learn to do it. It's almost like a, an internship for getting a book, mm. you know? Yeah, absolutely. Now, as you have published these couple of books and are talking to other people about book marketing and the success you found with self-publishing, can you tell us what's one marketing tactic that's working really well for you? The biggest thing for me right now is uh, pay-per-click advertising. And it's I don't meet a lot of other authors who are using this. Uh, and I think mm. many of them don't even know that Amazon has a pay-per-click platform where you can set up your ads and you can track how many people click on them and set your cost per click. And then you see how many people actually bought the book after clicking on it. So you, you know, if you've got a mathematical analytical mind, you can track exactly how much it's costing you every time somebody buys one of your books. And if you experiment with enough different ad variations, you can figure out ones that sustainably get people to buy your book. And so something wow. something like that is great for a, an analytical mind like mine because I can scale my efforts very quickly and it doesn't require a lot of sort of a social networking and advertising. And I think that's what most people focus on. They just they spam Facebook groups and say, buy my book. It's amazing. It's 99 cents only. <laughs> um, yeah. And that's that's not good salesmanship, uh, you know, no matter how you look at it. But uh, so that combined with a lot of blog outreach and podcast outreach and just having something worth saying. You know, having something that mm-hmm. makes people want to read it besides just, it's amazing, get it, it's cheap. Right. Break some things down for somebody that does want to get into the Amazon pay-per-click. What's one thing that, one tip that you would say that's working well for you within that? And at a high level, what does it look like for somebody to get in on that? The easiest way to start would be if you already have enough sales on your book where you start to see other books show up under the section titled, uh, other readers have bought these books too, other books on Amazon that readers have bought, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, if if they are organic sales and not just like your friends that you've pestered into buying it, you'll start to see naturally what readers associate with your book. So on my business book, it's it's a lot of other business books related to sales and marketing. And on my travel book, it's a lot of other travel books and some personal development books. And so those, you already have proof of concept that people who liked those books also wanted to buy your book. So you can use mm. those, at least initially, as, as a test to to run ads specifically on those books and books related to those books that, hey, if you like this book, you should also check out this book, right? And so you'll have your own paid ads specifically on that book page, and people will click on it. And that is a very good way to start because you already know that people like that conversion. They like going from that book to your book. Love it. That's fantastic. So as we're closing things out, Gregory, we really appreciate your time. There is one last question I'd like to ask, and it's this. What three things would you tell yourself to do if you were starting all over again to help you sell more books? I would be a lot more focused in exactly what I wanted the purpose of the book to be. I did that much better the second time around. The first time around was really just scrambling to get the whole thing together. The second time I was able to choose very specifically what I wanted the book to be. Um, and then naturally, you know, once you have that, it's much easier to focus on exactly what kind of person you want to read the book and focus on what other books have already been written that are similar enough to your book that you can find that market of people to market to, right? 
because mm-hmm. you know if other people again like like if uh, people like to read books like Eat Pray Love which is another travel and personal development type of book maybe they'll like my book too you know similar enough that maybe they will mm-hmm. um and then three i guess i would say be brave enough to make it a book that is very different than what's out there in a certain sense. Like I know that sounds like it contradicts what I just said, but it should be similar <laughs> enough that, that you know there is a readership for this book, but different enough that people have a reason to care, right? And, and for me, that difference mostly comes from the tone I write in. Like you would never mistake my voice for any other author that I'm aware of. It's very direct. It's very confrontational. It's very intelligent. And so, like I said, people either – don't get it at all like it's just not their thing or they love it and i think that's what you need to go for that all or nothing kind of appeal and, and what i really appreciated it is you didn't give us the standard answers what are which the, is what are the, really great what well the standard? standard answers are email build a platform uh do do ads uh and and so if you're starting all over again i appreciated this because you're talking about things that are likely the intangibles but they are tangible because you can quantify it in success. But the intangibles of why some people are successful and others are not, and that what you gave us are likely some of those hidden things that people don't think about. By having something very different, you actually put, set yourself apart. And that likely may be the reason why some people read the books of successful people uh, than not. Yeah, and in my branding book, we call that a unique selling proposition, and it applies to everything you do. You as an author and you and the books you produce, every individual book has its own unique selling proposition and brand identity. Well, Gregory, thank you so much for taking time to be on the Author Hangout. Why don't you share with us uh, how people can connect with you, and then we'll say goodbye. Well, you can go to my website, which is gregorydeal.net. Deal is spelled D-I-E-H-L, or just check out my books on Amazon and let me know what you think. Brand Identity Breakthrough and Travel as transformation. Fantastic. Thanks again, Gregory. Your lessons, experiences, and everything that you shared will be found on theauthorhangout.com. Thanks again. Cheers. Writing a book is tough, but turning it into a bestseller is tougher. Make sure you don't miss a beat with the Ultimate Author Checklist. You'll learn critical steps for building a strong author brand and promoting your book before, during, and after publication effectively. Whether you're still formulating your first plot or you're well on your way to becoming the most prolific author in history, it's never too late to ensure your book stands the best chance of selling. Download your free copy of the Ultimate Author Checklist today at bookmarketingtools.com sellbooks. It's time to make your dream of successful authorship a reality. Thanks for listening to The Author Hangout. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or Stitcher to get the new episodes delivered directly to your device. Watch the video from this episode and get the transcript at theauthorhangout.com. The Author Hangout is brought to you by bookmarketingtools.com.